Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am still your host, Ryan Brown, much to the chagrin of the haters. I am joined once again for part two of our fantasy football preview pod by Jonathan Sullivan, Dan Roach, and Coach Nick Brown. Fellas, how we doing? Just as uh, just as good as before. <laughs> yep, definitely. It wasn't a short intermission or anything. It's definitely not recording one right after the other. Way to kill kayfabe there. Anywho, we're going to continue with our fantasy football preview with the wide receiver, tight end, and defense special team groups. And then we will give our sleepers for wide receiver and tight end, as well as players in the skill position groups who we would recommend you probably shouldn't draft based on where it's going to cost you to draft them in your draft. And then we will wrap up with a little Dynasty League talk. So without further ado, let's get into it with wide receiver. So Nick, why don't you get us started on wide receivers? Give me your top five wide receivers for fantasy football 2022. Good. Yeah. Squidward. Wow, you get us started. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, Jonathan, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, good job, coach. Uh, <laughs> my wide receivers are. Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, and CeeDee Lamb. Because I think Jamar Chase is not – he's going to not be as high. I'm not as high on him as, as other people are. I think his, his stats last year were inflated by some monster games at the end of the season and one around the middle of the season against Baltimore. Um, he had a couple stinkers. People forget um, in there. Um, so he would not, he is not in my top five. Hmm. Obviously I don't like to see that as someone who definitely has been invested in Jamar chase, uh, before the season started last year. Uh, no bias there. DR, give me your list. I have Justin Jefferson one. I have Jamar chase. Two, I agree with some of the sentiments that, that Jonathan uh, expressed. I think there is some some big game uh, inflation there, but he did also have those big games. Um, three, I want Cup. Generally speaking, I think across the board, the ones just never are the ones again next year. So I, I like Cup to be good this year again, but uh, not number one. I've got Diggs four, Devonta Adams five, and I was, I was trying to find a way to put ZD Land in my top five. Because um, I like him a lot this year. Yeah. And this is where I'm going to circle back to Jonathan because I didn't have CD Lamb in my top five either. So, Jonathan, kind of give me a, a little snippet. Why, why are you so high on CD Lamb this year? I think um, the Cowboys traded away Amari Cooper. They lost Cedric Wilson um, in free agency. I think that the targets are there for CD Lamb. He's going to take that third-year monster leap. I think he can, he's a surefire wide receiver one with Dak Prescott getting him the rock. Um, 
you know, I just think there's there's going to be more targets to go around for him in Dallas's offense because they lost those two pass catchers. Um, so I'm just I'm very high on him. I think he's, uh, I also he's like going, how he's grown too. Yeah, he's going up, and I think that Dak's a pretty good quarterback. Um, he loves to uh, throw the ball around. Dak is is usually um, very high in passing yards in the. Uh, you know, he's used to finish top five, top seven, normally in, in passing yards. So I, I think CD, if he can stay healthy, can have a have a monster year this year. Mm. Now, I'll go ahead and give mine before we give Coach a second attempt at giving his. Uh, I have the same five wide receivers in my top five as DR. They are a, a bit of a different order at the top. I do agree with DR's sentiment where it is very difficult for fantasy wide receivers to repeat being the top dog in the group back to back years. That being said, Cooper Cup was so good last year. He outpaced the next guy in in wide receiver by over 90 points at his position. So even when he does have that regression, which he will, there's no doubt about it. He is not going to pace the field by that much. And, and he is going to come back down to earth a little bit to some degree. But even when he does, he's still going to be right there with anyone. And so I've still got Cooper Cup as the number one, my number one wide receiver to take in 2022, followed very closely by Justin Jefferson. I have Jamar Chase at three. I am a little worried about the target share. T. Higgins is there. Tyler Boyd's still there. They brought in Hayden Hurst at tight end. Uh, Joe Mixon's still there, and he he can factor into to the 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 passing game at times. So the target share can be uh, is the one thing that would really preclude Jamar Chase from being in that number one conversation. Uh, a little bit more consistency would definitely be nice too. Uh, I, I do agree with you there, Jonathan. But my number four is Stefan Diggs, followed by Devontae Adams at five. I really wanted to have Devontae Adams higher on the list, but I, I think it's this thing that I have this year where so many big names moved, and I feel like I just have to be in a wait, wait and see mode. You know, Devontae Adams is going to be great, and if he's sitting there at a, a certain position and you want to take him, by all means, take him. He was the number two fantasy wide receiver last year for a reason. That being said, he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. He has uh, Derek Carr throwing to him. And the Raiders have more weapons on offense to throw to than the Packers. So I kind of want to see where that target share settles in for Devontae Adams. You have to figure Carr is going to be looking for him plenty, but – I just don't know if he's going to be top three or even top four. I think Diggs is positioned to kind of take a little bit of a step up. He was number seven in fantasy last year, but he's got a little, a bit of a favorable schedule. So with continued growth and development from Josh Allen, I think that Stefan Diggs could break into the top five this year. And that leaves us with Nick. Can you yeah, give here. us your top five? Yeah. Um, so I've got Cooper Cup at the top of the list, followed by Justin Jefferson, then Jamar Chase, uh, and then the man you just spoke of, Stefan Diggs, and then Devontae Adams at the end. 
Uh, definitely agree with what you're saying about Adams. I mean, it's just, it's a case of uh, a lot of mouths to feed over in, in Vegas. Uh, I, even in, even in Los Angeles with the Rams, Cup is still going to get his, no matter whether OBJ goes back there or not. Um, and like, regardless of who else is there, he's going to be at the top of this list. He's just an absolute monster. Justin Jefferson also is a beast and a guy who kind of like, he's basically like the Devonte Adams of the NFL, like where he's that big dog on the team. Big dog. Shout out big dog. Uh, he's the big dog in the team. And there really isn't like a ton of other talent around him. Like, don't, don't talk to me about Adam Thielen, please respectfully. Oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa. Oh, oh. I'll talk about Adam Thielen. He's oh, going to have a big God. year. Stop, stop, yep. stop, 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 stop. Okay. Uh, next, you're going to tell me that Irv Smith is like your sleeper tight end. No, 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 no. Irv Smith is an absolute boss. They lost Conky, sadly. Yeah. They lost Conky to the GOAT. Anyway. Um, but yeah, Jefferson, I, I think obviously, I, I, He's going to have a big year, no surprises, but I think he is like the Devontae Adams of the NFL this year. Because, like, you look at the rest of this list, and even, like, Diggs, like Gabriel Davis, uh, he's he could be a breakout star this year. Um, so I think um, that's why I have everybody where they are. Okay. Let's move on to sleepers. So for wide receiver at sleeper, I'll go ahead and get us started. We kind of touched on – the New Orleans Saints earlier uh, in part one where Nick, I believe your sleeper at quarterback was famous Jameis Winston. Yeah, well, basic Jameis. I like Chris Olave to be a sleeper for wide receiver. I think it's certainly possible he could be stuck as potentially the fourth option out of the gate, assuming Michael Thomas is healthy and Kamara doesn't get suspended right away. But if both of those were to come to fruition, then the only person Chris Olave is really fighting for targets is Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is good, but he's not good enough to carry a team on his back by any stretch of the imagination. And we know Winston loves to sling it. Now that he can actually see, he can throw it to the correct team, which means Chris Olave should have an opportunity here to really catch on with Jameis. And I think he could easily outplay his current draft value, which is he's coming off the board as like the 47th wide receiver somewhere in the 13th round. I think he could easily provide wide receiver two, wide receiver three value, uh, especially with when you consider that New Orleans does have what appears to be a fantasy-friendly schedule for wide receivers in 2022, coming in at the ninth easiest. So I even if Michael Thomas is good to go for week one, Kamara is there, I, I really do think that uh, Olave can find a role in this offense. And I, I like him to be a guy that really outperforms where he is currently being drafted at. Jonathan, give me a sleeper for wide receiver. My sleeper is building on a trend, uh, Ryan, that you liked earlier and I liked earlier. I'm going with Devontae Smith. Mm. Devontae Smith getting drafted as wide receiver 35 on the rankings I've, si- I've seen. So in a 10-man in a league, that's clear-cut wide receiver three. 
in a in a um, in a twelve man league, he's pushing wide receiver three. This is a guy who arguably put up one of the best rece- receiving seasons ever at college, won the Heisman Trophy as a wide receiver, which is pretty rare. And you know, he's not the number one. That's going to be AJ Brown now. Maybe he's not even the number two, depending on how high you are on Dallas Goddard. But I, this man is going to, he's going to be feasting on the, on these second corner, third corners, whoever he's getting matched up with, especially if they're putting doubles on AJ Brown. Uh, you know, I see no reason that he, he can't put up wide receiver two and maybe even back end wide receiver one type of stats. I mean, he was a top pick for a reason. Um, I, I think that the, uh, the future's bright for uh, Mr. Smith in Philly, and I think he's where he's getting drafted right now is is well too low for what his potential could be this year. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Philly, Philly has a stupid easy schedule for fantasy wide receivers. It's actually the easiest, so that'll that'll even play into his hands further. Uh, Dr. Give me your sleeper at wide receiver. Last year, before Robert Woods got hurt, he was the wide receiver 11. And when the Rams acquired OBJ, he was the wide receiver 21 in PPR format. I see no reason why Allen Robinson will not outperform his ADP of 29. You have no idea how close. I, I actually had Allen Robinson as my second guy that I had listed down as, as my sleeper wide receiver. He, he, he quite literally... We'll, we'll have the comeback that Michael Thomas should have. I just, I, I have him on my fantasy team. He's somebody I think I'm going to target and draft. I love it. I love him um, this year. Yeah. Allen Robinson is definitely trying to get back on his feet with the Rams. And now that he's kind of filling in the Robert Woods role, I definitely think uh, there's a role to be had there for him. If he can stay healthy, which you're, you're going to hear us say pretty much with any guy, but if he re- really, if he does stay healthy, that I really do think that that's another clear cut, easy money hit steal there. Nick, what about you? All right. My sleeper at the wide receiver position this season is Alan Lazard. He's trash. <laughs> let that sink in. Let that sink in for a second, boys. Alan Lazard, okay? I mean, it's it's just it's not even like his ability, right? It, it's just who's around. That's 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 where I went with this. There is nobody else around in this offense. Um and with Aaron Rodgers, who's he going to be throwing the ball to? Probably Aaron, Aaron Jones. Jones. No. Uh yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Uh, a, a hell of a amount of times, but Romeo outside Dobbs of that, it, and Christian Watson. Who was the first one you said? You kind of broke up there. Romeo Dobbs and Christian. I have no Watson. idea who that is. Christian Watson, actually, camp, yes, but again, they're both better than Alan Lazard. Wrong. Oh. Alan Lazard's got experience, and literally, Aaron Rodgers called him a Hall of Famer. So I'm going to, I'm going to, ride. you just lost your entire argument right there. He's a future hall of famer. Aaron Rodgers said so. This man is like Mac Jones. Like, yeah, Matt Patricia is the most knowledgeable man I've ever met. We're talking about football. 
No, okay, but it really is out just it's it's about the bulk of volume there. So I mean, if anybody is going to be put in a position uh, to be able to put up numbers, I mean, it's a guy like Alan Lazard, who I mean, listen, I understand he's obviously not the best wide receiver out there, but he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the league throwing him the ball. I would like to think that one of the best quarterbacks in the league can make a mid-tier receiver, you know, flashy at times. So, um, you know, I, you know, I love my Demir Bird flex play, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with uh, Alan Lazard uh, in the sleeper choice here. Yeah, that would be an interesting one. He's going in the double-digit rounds. Uh, he's barely being drafted in, as one of the top forty wide receivers. So that's fine. Leave it for me. Uh, he no, he's not getting a lot of love. There's not a lot of belief amongst fantasy players in uh, in Alan well, they Lazard. Can respectfully, but I do see where you're going with that one. And if he ends up eating up the a good chunk of the target share that is left behind by Devonte Adams, if he is able to capitalize on that, then yeah, absolutely, he could definitely outperform his current draft position. Let's move on to the tight end position. So, Oh, don't we need a do not draft? Oh, we'll get to that. And we will get to that. But that is a positionless segment. So okay. we will we'll stand by on that one. SMHDR, read the itinerary. Anywho, let's get going with our tight end rankings. DR, why don't you get us started? Give me your top five. I went Mark Andrews. Travis Kelsey, and then there's, there's a drop-off here. Then it goes Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, Darren Waller. Um, I would like to highlight Kyle Pitts. Um, he's going to be actually um, somebody I'm not really looking for in drafts, but he had a ton of target share in that offense last year. I think he's an explosive athlete, and I think that if he falls to the right ADP, he's a good pick. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for Kyle Pitts this year. I think he's got Marcus Mariota throwing to him most likely uh, for a good chunk of the year, which means he should be able to be targeted even more than he was last year. He may not be quite the vertical threat that he was last year, but I think he can make that up for targets and receptions. Uh, Touchdowns, I mean, he only had one last year. So, I mean, if he, if he double dips, he's, that's an improvement. So I do think that there is plenty of room for growth with Kyle Pitts this year. Uh, Jonathan, give me your list. All right. My list is Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller. And if you're picking up what I'm putting down here, Ryan, number five, Dallas Goddard. Ooh. All right. All right. Can, can, can we can we pause this for a second? This guy. Well, what is up with you and the, the Eagles? Eagles? Yeah. You're gonna what be nasty. You and the Eagles. You're gonna be nasty. <laughs> no. The, oh my God. You you, you, you are the person I hate. Draft. God. I, the, ugh, all right. All right. We'll save it. We'll save it. No. 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 Let him explain. Jonathan, please explain. Dallas Goddard. Top. Dallas five. Goddard was a a tight end one after they traded Zach Ertz last year. I think Jalen Hurts is a dark horse MVP candidate this year, which is why I'm so Jesus high on Christ. so high on the Eagles. And Dallas Goddard is gonna feast. How's that defense looking? The Eagles? Yeah. If their defense is bad, 
That would be even better for the offense and fantasy. What? <laughs> Come on, Nick. <laughs> That's better. not what I was talking about. We're talking about the overall success of the team. I'm not talking about fantasy value. Huh. This is a fantasy podcast. Pod. Yeah. How's that Eagles defense and special teams, bro? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Do you God. know? <laughs> Ass. <laughs> uh, if their defense is bad, that's good for fantasy offensive players. I, I will say, Jonathan, he definitely has a shot at top five. He had a, a stupid target share after Zach Hurts was traded. So Jalen Hurts definitely loves him some Dallas Goddard. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does in a full season. Uh, I wonder if he'll be able to crack 100 targets, maybe 75 receptions, maybe even crack a thousand yards receiving who knows but if if he does then yeah he's definitely going to be in the conversation in the top five uh however he did not quite make my top five uh i've got travis kelsey at one followed by mark andrews kyle pitts at three i've got george kittle at four followed by dalton schultz at five i think dalton schultz is going to have a top five tight end season. And he had a great target share last year. And he was a fringe tight end one. He had over 100 targets. He caught nearly 80 of them, had 800 yards and eight touchdowns. So while they lose Amari Cooper, they have no Cedric Wilson. They have no... Michael Gallup for at least a little bit as he's coming back from a torn ACL. I really think the door has, there is an opening for Dalton Schultz to just break out fully. If, if you don't think last year was a complete full on breakout, I, I think this year is where he officially solidifies himself as one of the best tight ends in the game. I don't have Darren Walder in mine because I just think there are simply too many mouths to feed. And he's also been dealing with some injury issues the past year or two. And while he, Darren Wallace should definitely bounce back from a, a touch from a touchdown drought. He only had two last year. I just don't know if I see him improving in his uh, efficiency department. Uh, so I, I got, I would have Waller as my seventh if I were to expand upon my list. Uh, Nick, I believe that leaves you. Yeah. Um, I literally have the same list, except I have Mark Andrews first. Um, big hater of Darren Waller this year. I have no plans to draft him whatsoever. Um, big fan of Dalton Schultz. Definitely considering drafting him, depending on where I am. Uh, I mean, also... With Dalton Schultz, I mean, the, the Cowboys lose Amari Cooper, so that opens up a lot more space for guys like CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and then also Dalton Schultz. So um, hopefully you get a full season of Dak Prescott back there, and, you know, I think things are looking up for Dalton. Um, and the rest of these guys, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. They're just pretty – they've always been pretty consistent. Um, Kyle Pitts is definitely the future of the uh, fantasy tight ends, that's for sure. Yeah. Kittle's, Kittle's the interesting one because – He's had his own ish injury issues that he's dealt with, but whenever he's on the field, it's he is he is able to just go off. He never finishes like 
outside the top four or five in fantasy points per game. So when he's on the field, he's a surefire, easy tight end one play. The problem is I think he's missed uh, 13 games in the past three seasons and at least multiple games in every each of those three. So that's the only drawback to Kittle is that he's he's kind of one of those players that you just kind of have to account for. He's going to get dinged up at some point, and he's going to miss a game here or there. And if you can stomach that, then then Kittle's de- definitely worth it for the right price. Let's move on to sleepers at tight end. And Jonathan, you can go ahead and get us going on your sleeper for tight end. All right, my sleeper for tight end is is a local boy, uh, Pat Fryermuth. Uh, he was he was a touchdown. Uh, he was he was really coming on towards the end of last year before he got uh, knocked out with a little conky. But I think that with the probably Kenny Pickett taking over the starting job in Pittsburgh, I think your rookie tight ends, Ryan, similar to what you kind of said, even though we disagreed on Najee Harris, your your um, your mindset towards why you like Najee Harris with the rookie QB. I'll use that to help with the tight end as well. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, the running back and then the tight end, especially in the, in the red zone is kind of the safety blanket for the rookie QB see Hunter Henry and Mac Jones last season. And I think you could see a similar thing with Pat Fryer move, catching all those touchdowns. Hunter Henry at one point was a top five tight end. Um, just really just because he was catching all those touchdowns. Um, and I think Pat Fryermuth um, could see similar volume, especially in the red zone. And, you know, depending on how the tight end position goes, it's, it's, it's hard to find great value, you know, outside the top few guys that, you know, someone like Fryermuth, even if he's only catching four or five passes a game, if he's catching a touchdown or two here and there, he can, he can easily be top 10. Yeah. Uh, obviously he, he didn't, burst onto the scene last year. It was kind of stuck with Eric Ebron splitting, splitting targets at the tight end position there, but he still managed seven touchdowns last year. So if, if he gets a, if he can get more downfield looks and continue to get those, those end zone red zone looks and capitalize on them. Yeah. He could be, he could be in for a top 10 fantasy season for sure. Nick, who's your tight end sleeper this year? I'm riding with my boy, my favorite tight end, Mr. Logan Lance Thomas. Uh, this guy was super consistent last year. I'm riding Carson Wentz when he's healthy. Okay, I'm not saying that like the commanders are going to do anything this year. But when Carson Wentz is healthy, he's really not that bad of a quarterback. Um, and you look at the options in this commander's team, it's it's really not a whole heck of a lot. You obviously have Terry McLaurin, and then you got a decent amount of backs back there. But like as far as like wide receivers, uh, I think Curtis Samuel is also there. There, oh. the point the point is there is room for Logan Lance Thomas to eat uh, in this offense, uh, as long as Carson Wentz is healthy. And you know they still have Taylor Heineke. I, I don't know, a uh, little more iffy on that, but. A healthy Carson Wentz, I can definitely see Logan Lance shooting up the tight end rankings. Dude, he's he's getting like super like under underrated. Like he, he's so low on like all tight end rankings and like average draft position. It, it's kind of wild. 
Like ESPN, I'm pretty sure has him in like the 20s. Yeah, it's the 23rd ranked tight end this year. And the commanders just took him off the pup list. Um, so I think he'll be good to go week one. So, I mean, listen, uh, depending on where you are in your draft, if you don't go tight end early, you don't get one of those top dogs, wait till the end, sneak in there, get Logan Lance Thomas, and uh, there's a good chance that he could uh, reap some rewards for your fantasy team. Hmm. My tight end sleeper this year, and I'm going to butch his last name because I, I feel no. like I'll always do, Uh-oh. is Cole Uh-oh. Komet. Oh, Not that's correct. That, yeah, that's correct, yeah. I, I oh. thought we were going with the Broncos here. Oh, no, not even going <laughs> to attempt that one. Nope, no shot. Uh, but Cole Komet, this this feels like an easy one for me because the only thing that kept Cole Komet from entering the tight end one conversation last year was bad luck. What I mean by bad luck was that he did not score a single touchdown despite ranking second among tight ends in snaps and catching 60 balls for 90 on 92 targets. So he has a role in the offense. He plays the almost all of the snaps. And yet, despite having, I think he had a dozen red zone targets, half a dozen uh, targets in, in the end zone, didn't find Pater once. Now that Jimmy Graham is gone out of the picture, I really think that the limited red zone looks should be also be in the rearview mirror. And that Cole Komet should be positioned for some sort. I think it's at least at a minimum a, a mini breakout here. If he all he has to do is match or exceed the 60 catches for 612 yards stat line that he had last year and fix and just reverse his luck on the touchdowns. If he does that, he catches like half a dozen touchdowns. He's 60 to 70 catches for like 750 yards. He's going to be a tight end one this year. So, and I think that's a steal for someone that's going in the 14th round as the 14th tight end off the board. So I like me some Cole Komet this year. DR, what about you? So uh, b- before I give my sleeper of all sleeper, someone you guys are going to go, who? Let me just say, I think that the tight end uh, uh, class as a, as a whole this year has some very interesting people at the end of it. Cole Komet was one I was going to mention for, for all the reasons that you said. Um, Albert, the guy on the Broncos, I think he's slated to, you know, potentially have a, a really good year. Um, David Njoku, I've, I've heard a lot of stats about um, Jacoby Brissett's uh, tight end usage um, on his time in Indy. I think that there are some really just interesting people at the end of these uh, years. Um, tight end group where in previous years it felt like if you didn't get one of those top people you were going to pay for it Um, but I'm going to go for a true true sleeper somebody who probably will be a bust someone who probably will never get drafted but I think has a chance to be a week one week two waiver uh, firestorm and that would be Mo Alley Cox the tight end for the Indianapolis Colts the dude is a monster, 6'5". He's like two-something. I just like it. Matt Ryan has a good history of using tight ends. Um, sneaky could be pretty, pretty good there. Not only does Matt Ryan have an extensive usage, I'm pretty sure the Colts and Frank Reich uh, or Reach Frank. Uh, I don't know what the head coach's name is. Yeah, Reich. You had that right. Reich. Yeah. 
He's and also imagine if, if they're going to do some uh, some play action stuff, they'd be in a bigger formations, you know, that might lend their uh, tight end being out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the the Colts under Frank, they they have a they love to use tight ends. Now that being said, they haven't really had one that's become a fantasy darling, but the target share is there, and if Ali Cox can eat it up. He may be able to definitely capitalize, and maybe maybe this is the year that he puts it all together and becomes a viable streaming fantasy option. Again, probably unlikely, but hey, if, yeah. if it works out for me, this would be a uh, fun playback. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good one. It's definitely a deep deeper sleeper. Uh, like you said, maybe it's more unrealistic. But that's that's one where the stats are there. Like I'm looking at it right now. He had a vertical target, which was very highly rated. I don't. There's a number here, and I don't know how to interpret it, but it says it's very good. So I'm gonna trust ESPN here. And then if he if so if basically if if he can capitalize on these downfield looks and. Matt Ryan peppers him with targets. Yeah, that would, that would he'd be a steal. So that's that's definitely something that while not maybe realistic, definitely possible and could be could be a, a nice little steal there at the end. Now, let's quickly give our top 5 defenses for 2022 and we'll move on from that and begin our do not draft segments. So defenses, I'm going to give mine first. Uh, I would be surprised if anyone else had anyone but Buffalo at number one, but we'll see. I do not stray from that. I've got the bills as my number one defense followed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at two new Orleans at three Baltimore at four and San Fran is five. My quick hit is going to be Baltimore. I know they were terrible last year. They were like a bottom five or bottom six defensive unit last year, but they were decimated by injuries. They've got everyone back. They made a couple of key additions. They drafted Kyle Hamilton, who will be a versatile guy in the secondary from them. And they've got a very nice strength of schedule. They've got a top five easiest schedule for them so i think they're a prime candidate to return back to form nick give me your top five defenses yeah i've also got the bills so no surprises there uh, i went saints ravens 49ers and cowboys uh i would say the big one there is probably the cowboys there at five they were unreal last year like they were almost like every week had to play them uh, i think they were the top defense last year yeah. Um, like actually number one, uh, I think they had like 163 points or something and ESPN leagues. So, um, all those you still dig, have digs pick sixes. Yeah, literally. And obviously that a regression is coming, but I still think that there are enough star power, uh, players on this defense for them to be, uh, a fringe top five defense, but if not a for sure top 10 defense. Hmm. Jonathan, give me yours. All right. I got the same top two 
As you, Ryan, I got Bills, Bucks. I go Colts at three, Rams, New Orleans, Colts at three. They added Stefan Gilmore. Um, I like their I like the their defense. They were they were solid last year. Colt coach going back a ways is a huge Colts defense last special teams guy. I know that. Um, and they get they get two games against the Jags, two games against the Texans, and two games against the Titans, who I'm also not that high on on offense. So that's six games against teams that I really don't think have that great offenses. Um, bodes well for the defense special teams. Mm. Dr. Give us yours. One Bills, Rams, Tampa, Colts, uh, and then Niners. Um, if I had to pick one to highlight, I guess the Niners. Did anyone else have the, the 49ers on their list? Yes, sir. I did. I had them at four. I had them at five. Oh, oh I'll get you. Well, I, I, I just think that, that 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 front seven, that that, that group in the box there is going to be, you know, really, really, really good. And I like some of their uh, their secondary pieces. It just seems like they're good year in and year out. I'm not a big defense guy. I think I mostly end up streaming um, one unless whoever I drafted works and just sticks. Um, but generally speaking, I, I, I just put, go find a bad team. There's plenty of bad teams in the NFL. Go find a team that's playing a bad team. I think that's, that's my general strategy on um, defenses. Um, you know, if you have a good one, of course, pocket it, but yeah. Yep. I would I would agree with that, Dr. I used to be a guy that drafted defenses, make sure made sure I wanted to have one of the best defenses, one that I didn't have to worry about, so I didn't have to worry about streaming. But I've kind of I've kind of flipped on that one. I, I've kind of become more of a just stream and figure it out on a weekly basis and see if you can get a find a defense that has a string of games against bad opponents. That's that's what I've been doing of late, um, for better or for worse. Let's move on now to our do not draft segment. Now, what I mean by that, again, is we're going to give a couple players from whatever positions we choose who we feel shouldn't be drafted as high as they are going here, therefore making them undraftable. So, Nick, I'll get you started here. Give me a player or two. Or three, if you have them, that many. Uh, but give me some players that you feel you just shouldn't be drafting this year because their people are just drafting them way too high. Well, unironically, uh, I, I do have three. Um, two of them already been mentioned on this podcast. Anyone want to guess? Saquon. Yeah, there's one. Yep, Saquon's one of mine. So McCaffrey. Yeah, there's number two. Um, <laughs> yeah, listen. <laughs> Well, okay, it's not that people are taking McCaffrey too high, but it's like it's like we said earlier. If you if you have a top pick, there are uh, unless all the other top picks are, are gone, uh, uh, like there are a lot of other guys at the top of the list in the first round that I would rather pick than CMC. Literally, just because I would feel so much more confident that they stay alive. Uh, Saquon, he's a bust. He sucks. The Giants' O line sucks. Uh, awfully year incoming again. He's a bust. Trash. Um, the third one I have on my do not draft list uh, is Tyree Kill. God why damn Tyree, it! Why Tyree Kill? I think it's already been talked about a little bit. Tua mid, Jalen Waddle, awesome. A uh, lot of power in this offense as well, uh, and also he's a criminal. So I am hoping for him to be awful. 
<laughs> well, Man, if you're if you're hoping for criminals to be bad in the NFL, I, just about everyone you're rooting for be, to be bad. Damn, that's all I got. Well, Nick, I am with you there on Tyreek Hill and Saquon Barkley. Those were my two. I I think I alluded to my Tyreek Hill one when we talked about Tua earlier in part one. I I just he goes from Mahomes to Tua. That's a drop off there. The Dolphins low key have more weapons than the Chiefs right now on paper. That's that's a negative to me at least. And they're nowhere near as the Dolphins are nowhere near as pass heavy as the Chiefs. That's a net negative. New coaching staff don't know how they're gonna they're gonna run the show. New play caller, first time play caller, don't know how he's gonna run things. I just think there's just way too many risks here. On top of the fact that Miami is has the toughest strength of schedule for fantasy wide receivers, so I just I just think there is way too much risk to merit a second round pick to return wide receiver one value here so i just don't like tyree kill for that same kind of story with saquon he's going somewhere at the end of round three 15th running back off the board and i just feel like even that is still too steep for saquon that's a guy who's missed way too many games over the past three seasons efficiency was way down last year he's got a tough st- schedule for fantasy running backs being on the giants that o-line is trash still they don't have anyone really weapons wise like, like Nick said, the, the, the Giants' offense is a mess. I don't want any any part of it. Jonathan, give me your do not draft list. All right, I got three Johns on my list. Two of them actually from the same team. Russell Wilson getting drafted as QB eleven, trash. Russell Wilson is not a good fantasy quarterback anymore. I'm so sick of him. If you've had him in fantasy, you know he always fades down the stretch. Two, Jerry Judy. Dude's getting drafted as wide receiver 20 overall. Far too high. This dude is trash. Lastly, three, James Conner. This dude's getting drafted as RB13. Touchdown voucher last year. He's not good. He's not going to have that many touchdowns. He's going to be a flex flight at best, and he's getting drafted as a high-end RB2. No shot he repeats all those touchdowns from last year. Way overvalued. Yeah. I agree with the Broncos ones. I don't really trust that offense, even with Russell Wilson. That's um, I need to see it to believe it. The the Connor one is interesting though because he's definitely going to regress from the touchdowns, but no Chase Edmonds, and there wasn't really a replacement unless uh, I think they brought in like Daryl Williams or something like that. They really didn't replace Chase Edmonds, so. Technically, James Conner should have a higher volume. Yo, don't sleep, uh, don't sleep on Rondell Moore coming out of the backfield. Mm, that could be an option. Um, so I definitely think there will be an, a regression for Conner, but it might not be as bad as you think. DR, give us your do not draft list. Yeah, number one, Elijah Mitchell. Um, Kyle Han- Shanahan loves running back by committee, uh, just not taking the cheese on it. Debo Samuel has running incentives in, the, in his contract. Trey Lance is going to be running a whole bunch. I just all going to cut into the the, the target share, and I, I just not enough snaps there. I'm not taking the cheese on him. Um, I'm going to say Kyle Pitts. I love him as a player. I love what he did last year, 
For where he's being drafted, though, I don't necessarily love that, especially with the downgraded quarterback. I just cannot get behind where his ADP is currently. Um, and then the last one I had um, was going to be DK Metcalf, but uh, I got some hate for Dallas Goddard. <laughs> I got some hate. Ooh. I, 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 he, I considered him, and then when I heard Jonathan making the case, I was like, man, you know, I, I got to argue against it. I just there are so many <laughs> tight ends I think around that that position that could be taken that I would rather have. Jalen Hurts threw for like less yards than Jared Goff threw last year. I just, it's not, they're not really a passing team. I know that they went out and got AJ Brown and they should have increased weapons this year, but I think they're a running team. And, you know, I'm really high on Kenny G this year. I think, I think because of that, he's going to be good in that system. He's the third option on that team. I like a lot of other tight ends that are drafted. Even below, like Dawson Knox, gives me Dawson Knox over Dallas Goddard 10 times out of 10. Wow. That's a take. That's, That's a take. That is interesting. Jonathan, any rebuttal? Just wait. You'll see. Okay. Expect us. Yeah, expect us. <laughs> oh, we are the God. Goddard militia. <laughs> oh my god all right well let's wrap up part two here with one final segment and we're going to do a little dynasty league discussion here jonathan you can get us underway on this one so basically the question here is this if if you were joining a brand new dynasty league sort of how me nick and dr did last year who would be the one player you would want to build your team around? Who's the one guy that if you've got one of those top, I don't know, three, top four, top five picks, and you've got more or less the pick of the your pick of the litter, who's that one guy that you want to be able to build your team around in a dynasty league, Jonathan? So I feel like a quarterback is like the like usual thing that you would say here, but I, I'm not going to go with a quarterback. I'm going to say Justin Jefferson. Just because this guy's going into year three, he is the surefire number one wide receiver on his team. His team doesn't have great weapons outside of the running back. The quarterback loves to abuse him. Pause. He's nasty. (laughs) And he's going to feast. He's going to feast. He's probably going to finish top three wide receiver this year, probably push for wide receiver one. He plays indoors, which I think is really good for wide receivers um, because it helps it helps the quarterback, especially a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, who probably needs to be playing indoors for his physical capabilities to get up to par. And I go with wide receiver over running back just because the lifespan of the wide receiver is that much longer than the running back. Once the running back is in the league, you know, four, five, six years. I mean, that's really the lifespan of a, of an elite running back in the league. If that it's, it's usually even less than that. The wide receiver can give you elite play for up to a, a, about a decade or so I would say. Um, and so for that reason, I go Justin Jefferson. I, I see no reason why he shouldn't be, you know, wide receiver one through five over the next, you know, five to seven years. Yeah. I, Really got to stop letting 
the right people go first here because I keep getting my picks stolen from me. Uh, but I feel like this is also an obvious pick because a lot of the reasons you said, Jonathan, he had a historic rookie season in 2020. Last year, he backed it up and doubled down and played even better and was wide receiver four last year. He already has a ridiculous target share, like you said. He has yet to miss a game in his entire career. And he even remained productive in his last two seasons when Adam Thielen and or Kirk Cousins were out of the lineup, especially last year. So age 23, he's got an upgraded coaching staff now that's coming from the Sean McVay ilk. I just feel like Jefferson offers the, the ceiling, the, the heights of any player, like, like a higher ceiling than any other player in fantasy football right now. So Justin Jefferson would be mine for sure. What about you, DR? Yeah, Justin Jefferson is the correct answer, but at the risk of giving the third take uh, over again, uh, I'll say Jonathan Taylor. I, I agree that the lifespan is is shorter for uh, running backs, especially elite running backs um, that just get you know, so much abuse. Pause. Um, <laughs> but running backs win leagues. I think that's just true. Um if you have two of the the top 10 running backs that year, you're going to win your league. I, that's my belief. So um, he's young. He's in a great situation. Um, yeah, I just – if that's what you're going to come out and do, basically, like right out the get-go, I'm excited to see the future for that guy. Um, he's my, I guess, consolation uh, prize after after you guys build dynasties around my first yeah. choice. I, I, I would have a – I'll give a consolation one as well, but I'll, I'll let Nick make a case for his first. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Jefferson and Taylor are definitely two choices. I just – I dislike the running back just because of lifespan. DR mentioned that. Um, I'm, I'll, not that I really need to make much of a case, but um, obviously, obviously looking at Jamar Chase, and the big difference I think with Jamar Chase, obviously we've talked about – Tyler Boyd and T Higgins being there. But I, I think the biggest thing is um, like long-term, the connection with Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow being so young that um, those two together, if all goes well, can grow together on the same team for who knows how long. And obviously the NFL is dramatic. Things happen. People switch teams. They move around. But these two, obviously, went to college together, same college. So um, I, I think there's a lot of reasons, uh, if you're starting a dynasty team, to want Jamar Chase to be who you build around, uh, despite the fact that he is just a beast on the field. Um, and I, I understand a lot of talent there on the team, but I, I think Jamar Chase is a guy – who will be able to produce long-term regardless of who else is around him. Uh, he proved that last year. And I think this year he backs it up and shows you again that he can do it. So I'll back um, it up. You know, you said something earlier. Uh, I forget what it was, but it, it, it might've actually been that. And I really wanted to do that to you, but I was going to be nice next nope. time. I won't be nice. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. 
And I think one last player for dynasties that we could highlight would be CD Lamb. I know that Jonathan, DR, and Nick are definitely very high on him this year, given the new outlook that he has. You know, no Amari Cooper in town. Gallup is recovering from the torn ACL. Cedric Wilson out of town. It's basically CD Lamb and not and Dalton Schultz. That's that's really it until Gallup comes back. And so with Dak and CD Lamb there for the foreseeable future, I mean, uh, CD Lamb's only 23. And he's had, uh, I think he had almost 1,000 yards as a rookie despite a terrible target share. He got over 1,100 yards last year despite not a great target share still. So... I think he's bound to break out and put himself on the map as like a, a bona fide star sooner than later. And I think that if you don't get one of those guys that we spoke about, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Jonathan Taylor, just build your team around. CD Lamb is a great option to start with. So I think that's going to do it for our fantasy football preview show part dose any final thoughts before we call it a wrap yeah i think um i got one more do not draft it would be henry ruggs um because he's in jail (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm sorry i could not (laughs) i mean you know you know i support that I ain't be drafting criminals. Were you drafting Keel? No, he's just an absolute uh, piece of garbage. Um, I, I did actually want to ask one thing earlier. What's Jerry Judy's deal? Didn't he get, like, arrested earlier in the offseason? He did. So, like, John has said that uh, – I think you made a comment about where he was getting drafted and that was, like, really high or something. Wide receiver 20. Yeah, so, like, is he going to get suspended at all? I don't think I don't so. Know. I would no, assume it, if... it was something. It was a really weird, like, crime. It was, like, yeah. It was, like, like the the uh, examples they gave for that type of crime would be, like, breaking into, like, one of those big transformer, like, electrical boxes. Like, it was, like... Oh, yeah. Weird. I thought you were going to say, like, arson. No. But, uh, yeah, if like Jonathan said earlier, if Kamara isn't on track to get suspended for his little off uh, off field dust up. I would assume Jerry Judy should be fine himself. The victim in Jerry Judy's case dropped the charges. Ah, it was, uh, wait, I just had it. Lost it. I think it was like his girlfriend or something. Criminal like that. tampering. Yeah. So with a domestic violence and hamster on it. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, that's a, I think that's a great place to end our fantasy football discussion. So for Nick slash coach DR and Jonathan, I'm Ryan, and we will see you next time.